0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Arbor Report, guys. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. As always, this is a show about stock market investing. I call it quantum mental investing. It's the combination of quantitative execution with a fundamental foundation, and that's the information edge I'm trying to bring to you every time we do this. I've been doing it 30 years. I've been managing money, my own personal capital and capital for investors. I'm trying to put you on my shoulders so you can learn from my success, learn from my failure, and be a better investor. This is a live trading desk. You're getting a fresh, live look in at what I do all day long. Got the whiteboards behind me, got the computer screens in front of me. Forgive me if I got to pick up the phone and and, and deal with a trade. I'm in the midst of activities and trades right now. We trade from a day trading standpoint, we trade swing trading, and of course, most of our assets we invest for a longer term. Today, we're going to talk about the Iran conflict that's heating up and how it affects portfolios. I'm going to cover that first. We're going to go over, as usual, our top seven indexes and what our algorithms are saying right now about uh, managing risk. Don't forget, Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk management research. So everything begins and ends on this desk with managing our risk. And Lord knows when you take out the number one general of um, a Middle East country, uh, risk is elevated. So we have to look at the algorithms and see what have they been saying? Have they been predicting something coming? And what do they say now? Okay. Then I'm going to cover We're going to go over again the top three investment themes that we're focusing on in 2020, because at one point this morning, all three of them were up, the market getting crushed. So it's worth looking at. I'm going to go to the charts. We're going to go look at each one and see what it means. So before we jump in, don't forget, this is an educational show, guys. I'm sharing with you my knowledge, my experience, and what I do in my own portfolio. You have to take this information and make it your own. You don't just take an idea here run out and buy it. That's not what this show is about. I'm trying to help you educate your process of thinking so you can become a better investor. I hope that you take what I'm saying and you go do your own research and make your own decisions. Obviously, I couldn't advise you to buy or sell a stock. I don't know you, right? I don't know what your risk tolerance is. Now, of course, if you want to take this to the next level, what I did last year, and we launched January 1, was the armorreport.com. It's a website that takes these YouTube um, videos, this channel, and elevates it to a level where we can get more one-on-one, and I can help you out step-by-step, understand the type of risks you should be taking and what type of stocks you should get, get involved in. But for the sake of this conversation, And what we're going to talk about today, this is a general picture of how I react when there's big pieces of news, particularly conflict in the Middle East. Step one, the first reaction to the news is meaningless. Never chase the market. Don't run out there, make a lot of decisions because the market might be down big at the open because, you know, somebody got killed in in Iran. I don't care who he is. The first reaction is usually the wrong reaction. You don't let geopolitical events change your investing strategy because of fear. What we do on this desk to manage risk is we use stop losses. Those losses are set up before the day even started. We know what the stops are before the day started. I don't care what piece of news drops. The trick is when to honor the stops. I generally do not allow a stop to get triggered in the first two hours of trading. This is a generality. Something like 90 plus percent of the time, I won't allow that to happen. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Hit it. Look, what I, don't, what I don't want to do is allow a geopolitical event to speed up the process and hit stops and have the market go higher by the end of the day because we decide or we discover other things are happening. So most of my stop losses I will execute in the last couple hours of trading, not the first couple hours of trading. I'm willing personally to take a little bit more risk because of the volatility that occurs in the morning and is often reversed. In fact, we have an algorithm for day trading the S&P 500. It's highly successful. And we call it the extreme volume reversal. We look for extreme volume sell-offs in the first two hours of the morning And when it reverses, we step on that, and we've we've been able to to build some real success into an algorithm that only trades the S&P and only trades that setup. And that plays in, so statistically speaking, right? An algorithm is all about probabilities and statistics. So statistically speaking, what that algorithm proves is that there is a statistically significant amount of the time. The market will rip lower on volume in the first two hours and then resolve itself higher by the end of the day. So if your stops are set up early in the morning and you get banged out first thing in the morning on a piece of news coming out of the Middle East, you're probably over a long period of time gonna regret that. Are there days where it works? One out of 100, sure. But we're looking at probabilities and statistics on this desk, right? you wanna look at the rules of the road, the Armour Report rules of the road, I'm building a list for you guys. I've been doing this a long time. I'm gonna really, I'm building the list quite frankly for my son and my daughter, right? They're six and three. So when they get old enough to understand investment, I wanna hand this book to them and say, here's a list of all I've learned. And I call it rules of the road. You can find this list on the ArmorReport.com. And the number one rule of the road, is get yourself on the right side of probabilities and statistics and only put capital to work when reward is worth the risk. Okay? So when I say I don't get stopped out first thing in the morning, it's because statistically significant, that's a bad play. Sometimes it works, but statistically over a big body of numbers, it doesn't work. Okay, so how do we trade you know, the Iran conflict news. I'm still working through that process. I don't do anything at the beginning of the day, okay? You know, I will say this. This is the piece maybe that's most important to me. The market goes up when the Fed and central banks are adding liquidity. This is rule number two on the rules of the road. The market goes down when the Fed's reducing liquidity. So I try to take all new incoming data, for instance, the US assassinating the number one general of Iran overnight And I say, what does that do to the liquidity picture of the market short-term, long-term? I know the short-term reaction is for the market to sell off because there's fear. But what does it really mean for what the Fed can do? If war occurs, if this process escalates, all it's going to do is force the Fed to add more cash into the system to stabilize things. So couldn't the market sell off from the news? Absolutely, right? The risk monitor, again, you can find this on the armorreport.com. Become an Armor Insider. You'll see the risk monitor. I've been telling you guys on the show that we are in a um, on a yellow light, so to speak, right? Green light is get aggressive, buy as much as you can. Red light, reduce positions, raise cash. So we've been yellow for a while. One reason, you know, markets running up towards all-time highs at the very top of channels, X number of standard deviations away from the mean, this is when it gets very dangerous. So you get a piece of news like this, you can get selling that, be, that, that can become aggressive for no other reason than the S&P is way above its moving averages. So it can come all the way back down to that. I'm not discussing that with you right now. I'm saying big picture. If Middle East conflict is... is um, at the end of 2020, we discovered that was the year of massive Middle East conflict. What it will also mean is the Fed will have been spending a lot of time adding liquidity to the system. And so while there'll be short term shocks to the market, longer term, the market ends up higher. So I always try to take these events in and say, well, what does it mean for what the Fed is going to be? And the Fed already said they're going to be adding liquidity through the end of March. Okay, so don't be surprised if the market sells off hard originally and then starts levitating again. And you'll say, what happened? I thought there was fear here. and Now there isn't. Until we lurch to the next event where Iran retaliates in some horrific way. Who knows? I mean, it can easily get worse. This is why the top two out of three investment themes on our trading desk right now are precious metals and energy. The third being cannabis. The cannabis doesn't care at all what's going on in, in you know, the Middle East. So it's, it's in a world of its own, right? We're trying to find a bottom there. And so, you know, we think there's an investment cycle coming. And it's so unbelievably beat up right now that it's not way above its moving averages. It, it, worst case scenario, I think the whole thing just goes dead quiet for a while. But you've got technology stocks and the whole S&P so extended that in the short term, significant conflict in the Middle East can bring it down to the moving averages, which would set up probably a green light opportunity sometime this year because the Fed will have to keep pumping money in. I know it sounds confusing, but that's the way it is. Now, let's wrap up by getting into these top three. Let's look at some charts. I just want to go real quick. You're looking right now at the S&P, okay, just a basic chart of the S&P. You can see how far removed from reality the S&P is. The black line is the 200-day moving average, the blue line is the 50-day, the red line is the 25-day. I mean, we're not even close to these moving averages. So don't be surprised that the market sells off on the Middle East conflict. I'm just saying don't um, take that sell-off and, and over-inflate it and think it's you know the beginning of the end. It's probably not if the Fed keeps adding liquidity. Don't forget that part, okay? Now, would I, some people are asking me today, some of my uh, colleagues, uh, some of our subscribers, some of our investors, would I be shorting the market? Okay, I, I don't short the market when it's in a massive uptrend like this. Certainly not in conservative and balanced accounts. If I would do anything in aggressive account, it would have to be here, okay? It would have to be here. That's the small cap index. If you ever want to hedge a portfolio, you do it with small caps. Okay, they generally, generally now, they generally outperform on the downside when things get ugly. So if all of the indexes come back down to their moving averages, small caps generally suffer more. And that's basically because institutions don't support small caps the way they do the bigger cap names, okay? But I'm not short-selling anything in here just because there's some news about Iran. It doesn't really make any sense. You could say to me, well, they, the U.S. just killed a major general, and, and there's going to be terrible retaliations. That's possible. I mean, you know, you can also go to Vegas and roll dice. You have not the slightest idea what Iran's going to do. And that's just complete fear and guesswork. So, I try to avoid making investments based on fear and guesswork. I have stops set up. If those stops are hit by the end of the day, I'll be out. If there's an aggressive account that really is afraid of the market or whatnot, wants to short, I would focus on the small cap index and I'd pick certain levels with tight stops because shortening an up market is deadly. And shorting a market where the Fed's adding liquidity is even worse. Shorting worked in 2018 because the Fed was reducing liquidity and raising interest rates. It's not rocket science, guys. Can you make, you know, short-term money? I'm not – yes, you can, of course. In any two-, three-week period, anything can happen. I'm not telling you what to do. Feel free. But I'm just saying overall, my portfolio is how do I manage this type of conflict announcement? Really, no change. No change on that piece of news. Now, it does – it is very interesting That, you know, our desk is focused on energy and precious metals. Because obviously, if this conflict gets worse, energy and precious metals go up. Let's take a look. Okay, there's the price of gold. We're already in this asset, right? We're in it down here. And it's blowing out. And hey, you know, if there's going to be conflict, we're in it down here, right? You guys have been following me for a while. You know we're in precious metals down in this space here. We're enjoying this rip higher. This is GDX. Okay, you guys, this is the third phase we think we're entering those yellow lines. This is wave one up, wave two down, consolidate by that double bottom below the 50 day to break out above it. Okay, so again, that's right in here. Anybody who is subscribing to the Armor Report has become an Armor, Armor Insider. You know what we're doing in this space and where we're long. Okay. Don't forget, guys. You can find out as an Armor Insider. Go to ArmorReport.com, A-R-M-R Report.com, and you'll see what we own. I've set up the portfolios for you. There's four portfolios: one index only, and three others: conservative, balanced, and aggressive and you'll see what stocks we own in those portfolios addressing this space and when we started the positions, okay? So we're already long here. The Iran conflict kind of plays into our hand if it gets worse because precious metals are going higher, right? Here's silver. Silver blowing out. Then, of course, GDXJ, which is the small cap. The small to mid-cap precious metal stocks are already making all-time new highs, not all-time the new highs since the since this new bull run has started. <laughs> I'm getting a little carried away. <laughs> Forgive me. We're not at all-time new highs yet. Okay? But this is a group that we're focusing on and we'll continue to focus on. Let's take a quick look at energy. Okay? I talked to you guys the other day, and really for the last couple of weeks, about how important this pennant is on oil. USO is the symbol. We're now above that downtrend, and, of course, today's – conflict announcement gaps it out even higher. Let's see if it continues. I mean, it has to follow through. But if it follows through, then what you're looking at is a major bottom in XLE, which are the big cap energy stocks. Notice how they're down today. Notice how they're down today. Okay, so you don't, this is a perfect example of why you don't buy energy stocks when there's some terrible piece of news out of the Middle East at the open. It makes no sense to react to news that comes out overnight in the first couple hours of the day. Okay? But big picture it, we're focused on energy stocks on this trading desk. If you look at the Armor portfolios, you'll see what stocks we're buying. If you look at the Armor whiteboard, you'll find out what stocks we haven't bought yet, but that are on the list, and we may elevate into a portfolio in the short term. But suffice it to say, these type of stocks, gold and energy, already look good. So a conflict in Iran and the Middle East obviously just makes them look better. And we'll round up, we'll finish up with um, a picture here of our old favorite, oops, okay. Here's our old favorite, you guys can see it, what looks to me like a possible double bottom again in marijuana stocks. Until this bottom is taken out, which is like around $16 a share, you have to say you're in a consolidation phase and probably a double bottom. If it holds, then we're gonna get higher prices in here. If it doesn't, we step aside again. This isn't rocket science, really. There's two ways to play cannabis. You can try to find the bottom, which I've talked about on the show. And I've said, look, guys, in a downtrend, your stops have to be tight. The proverbial catching a falling knife, got to cut your fingers off. Be careful. Conservative accounts don't have to buy these stocks at all. Even if you love the idea of cannabis. Wait for the turn, which will be a move higher from this consolidation, and then you buy the first pullback because then you're buying an uptrend. If you're aggressive, then you're trying periodically when you see double bottoms to take a stab at your favorite names. Nothing wrong with that here. Don't be discouraged if it hits the stop. You can almost expect it to hit the stop. You're buying a massive downtrend. Okay, So just adhere to the rules Follow your plan If this is the turn And you get it, great It rips higher, pulls back Then you can look to add your favorite names It's all about Position sizing What percentage of your portfolio Are you committing To cannabis stocks right now Right? It should be a small percentage I don't know you Right, You go do what you want to do. If you want to talk one-on-one, you can become an armor insider, and I'll talk to you about it. But for this conversation and for my money, I'll look for bottoms, but my position size won't be such that I get discouraged and disappointed, and it won't keep me up at night. Okay? I hope you guys have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again on Monday, and I think what I'll do Monday will be an armor education um, episode where I show you the top three spots for stops to be put in on any investment. There are three places for you to put your stop losses. And here's a hint. It's got nothing to do with percentages. Okay. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.